Tonight, we read and discuss Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my old backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise up from a past that's rooted in pain. I rise, I'm a black ocean, leaping and wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise, into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise, bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave, I rise, I rise, I rise. So, Still I Rise by Maya Angelou. Um, this is, what I like about this one is I don't think this is too much like anything that we've ever read before in the sense of there's that intrusive I rise and, and it, it keeps coming in more and more frequently. And, and it kind of gives you this battle, like almost kind of like a call and response when it comes to music. It feels very momentum driven as it gradually and gradually builds up. I also feel that with the rhyming, that helps, you know, move from stanza to stanza. And then you you feel the crescendo coming to, you know, the climax at the end with the, you know, repeated I rise, I rise, I rise. And you you really get that emotional roller coaster throughout the entire poem, I feel like. So the speaker of this poem, how would you describe this person? Angry, uh, mm. powerful, mm. strong-willed. Yeah. Okay. And who do you think she's speaking to? I think everybody. I don't think that there's one group that is maybe forgotten, or if there's one group that she's in particularly talking to or not talking to, uh, probably both groups uh, of individuals people that are like her and people that are not like her. Well, and we, do we agree? Because she says, you know, carrying on the dreams of my ancestors, she talks about the slaves. This is to me clearly an African woman speaker speaking to, and maybe generally, like you said, but to, I, I felt like to her oppressor directly, like anyone to your point that might get in her way. She, she has seen 
things be twisted. Her, her words have been changed. She's been beaten down. And this is her warning, like her premonition that you, you could try, but I'm going to keep coming back is kind of how I read it. For sure. But I also think that she is talking on behalf of her peoples, right? She is saying, I'm going to rise up. And so she's telling someone and encouraging maybe uh, another group. So she's telling the oppressors, I'm going to rise up. You're not going to keep me down. But then also telling her own people, I'm going to rise up and you should do the same. You should not allow someone to oppress you and keep you down. Yeah, I would say there's that line where she says something to the effect of, do you see me with like my head lowered and, and eyes down? Almost like that was the expectation from the other person, the person that she's talking to. Right. It reminds me of the if you remember the We Wear the Mask by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, where there was like he, he talks about these expectations of submissiveness that we expected a certain reaction. Right. If you if you are the person in power and there's a person who you view as lower than you for, for whatever reason, you might have certain expectations for how they behave. And in, in this story, this, this poem we have Maya Angelou kind of saying like, did you see me doing that? Like, uh-uh, I will rise up and be better. And it kind of, even like the opening paragraph mentions dust. Whenever you hear the word rise and dust, I don't know about you, but I always have that vision of the phoenix, right? From the ashes comes the reborn yeah. phoenix, right? It's like, it's kind of like that promise that we're going to take today and make it better for tomorrow. No matter how much you try to hold us down, try to, you know, squash our uniqueness our individuality we are a part of this country and we're going to rise up from from the ashes yeah that's beautiful i love that and I, I like how she ties that emotion together because it's hard to not feel as i said at the beginning and that's something that i think is empowering with poetry that i've learned to appreciate is it's supposed to make you feel something if it doesn't then that that's fine but i think in, an, in, an, in this type of poetry it is supposed to make you feel and whether that's a good or a bad thing, that's okay. I think she's just trying to invoke emotion to hopefully, you know, inspire. Yeah. And I think what I felt when I read this is there's this story, it brings into play that, that interconnectedness that we have where my actions, other people's actions, they matter for how they impact other people, whose voices we we amplify, whose we silence, stuff like that. And I think there's there's even like that that one part in the poem. I think it said, uh, "Just like moons and like suns, and with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise." And it kind of reminds me of if you, if you ever live like kind of like on the coast or go visit, sometimes you have those charts, like what time is high tide and low tide, because like certain parts of the beach or certain parts that you want to go are only accessible at certain time. Right. But it's that idea that the moon and the sun, while they're out there, right, they still impact the tide. They still impact things. Right. And in the same way that my actions impact others. Right. And I think that's important to think that it's not just a me, that there is an element of we with how we live each day in our lives, essentially. And that's why I think the poem is very inspiring to the group that she's trying to 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 inspire is she has confidence. Why can't they have confidence that I'm I'm doing this? I'm not special or unique. You can do it as well. Mm -hmm. Do you think her tone is optimistic or pessimistic when it comes to the future? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think it kind of depends on which stanza 
some of them she is is bitter and angry and maybe a little bit pessimistic but then other ones feel more hopeful when she's talking about the rise uh i feel that things are going to get better as long as people try now if you sit around and do nothing then nothing's going to happen but i think that i think it could be either i think i think either is my answer i know that's a cop out but <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay let me hear you with a harder one so this speaker you know she asked the question does my sexiness upset you right and she talks about the diamond between her thighs that sort of thing there's an element of if if i'm so ugly or if you look down upon me so much why is there that second glance and i think she recognizes beauty in herself even if others don't necessarily reinforce it if others might try to break her down or insult her there's strength to her there's strength in her i would say identity even because i think she knows that there are social pressures at play here right in terms of the the power structures between an african-american and perhaps the oppressor if you will and she sees beauty in herself and nothing's going to change that from other people so i think that speaks to also not only the confidence which i would call in my reading of this poem optimism for for a better tomorrow but she knows she's going to get there because it's already there like she already sees her beauty and her value it's just a matter of letting others see it and not feel pressured to to oppress it if you will break it down if that makes sense yeah uh, angelou is very famous for you know being anti-hate and that that no matter how much you hate me for whatever reason you hate me because of what color i am or that i'm a woman you're not going to keep me down i'm going to rise up you're not going to keep me oppressed and I do like how the poem does kind of take a whole second meaning and you could, you know, read it two or three times and read it as, you know, racial, but then you could also read it, you know, in the a venue of like sexism, right? You know, we've talked about many times before that black women were usually the most oppressed and treated the worst of the worst of the worst, you know, during the, you know, 18th and 19th centuries in our country it's an interesting little twist there at the end when she starts, you know, moving towards that, you know, femininity identity. And I, I thought that was kind of brilliant how, you know, it, she almost like sneaks it in there, but you can reread the whole thing from that viewpoint and go, Hmm, wow. There's a lot more to this than I thought. It's very, very deep. Well, it's kind of, I would say that maybe there is some form of, I don't know what the right word is, but obligation is what this, this is the word I'm going to start with. Because she talks about her ancestors, their dreams, their hopes. She, she's the descendant of a slave, right? And I think that speaks to that generational trauma, but also generational responsibility of how are you going to take what you, what you have and make it better for tomorrow in a sense. Kind of wrap everything up. I guess when we get to the end and the final stanza, it does come back. And, and maybe I will change my answer that – it is more positive because it ends on a positive note. That's the last thing you're left thinking that I'm going to rise up and it becomes uh, therapeutic and uh, almost like a prayer that I rise up, I rise up, I rise up three times. <laughs> you know, we know how three is, you know, very prevalent in literature and poems. Uh, so I, I think that I think it's a very uplifting message that we've been oppressed. I'm going to rise up and that. Uh, as long as we keep moving forward together, the future will be better. 
Hey, if we get the ever pessimistic crypto to see the positive <laughs> light of things, that's worth a like and a subscribe. Hit us up with a little heart emoji down below. If you enjoyed the conversation and aren't sure what to add, we're going to leave a playlist of other Maya Angelou talks down below. Let us know what you think we should cover next. My name's been Una. Thank you for spending time with us today. Peace. Peace. <laughs>